1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binchtown TV. This is Brian here with my co-pilot, Kyle, and today... We're going to be talking part five of the Apple TV Plus limited series Masters of the Air. At this point, you guys know the drill. I'm going to take this opportunity to reratch it over to BenchtownTV.com where you can find pretty much all of our links to our socials, our backdated episodes. We've covered over 50 shows at this point. Usually fantasy and sci-fi is our bag, but of course we're doing Masters of the Air. So we kind of just do whatever we want, whatever's popular at the moment. What do we have on the back burners? We are looking forward to, in quotations, Avatar The Last Airbender, which is dropping this Thursday. We are cautiously optimistic about that, but we will definitely be covering it. More actual optimism is for FX's Shogun, which is just building in anticipation and early trailers look spectacular. We just wrapped up on True Detective Night Country, which had a pretty controversial ending as I am reading, but yeah, I've. I think the night boys were pretty positive about it. And other than that, we're hitting the traders in the background. So that is kind of our mixed bag of what we have going at Benchtown TV right now. And you can find it all on BenchtownTV.com. So that's all out of the way. Let's get in to this episode, part five here. And I mean, they're called the bloody hundred. Well, I I don't know what else we were expecting, but this one was brutal and I was holding out that maybe there would be like this really triumphant episode because we lost Buck in the last episode and maybe Bucky would have this opportunity to take his frustrations out. But that was not the case. This turned out to be Quite possibly our worst mission to date in terms of forts lost and, and crew members lost. And that would be, of course, the mission to Munster. And yeah, this was a brutal episode. It, it kind of just had a somber tone from start to finish, but it it is what it is. The bloody hundredth.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It maybe would have been triumphant if it wasn't real life. You know, if it was genuinely scripted to a higher degree. Yeah, just very hard. I thought that the way that it was done was very good. I think it obviously the content itself is emotional, but I think also the way that they did things heightened, you know, the level of emotion to it. And this was the first episode that made me cry, which, I mean, I'm honestly a little shocked it took us this long. But it, it's just there's it not what much to say. Did I
1: ask specifically? Death.
0: Definitely at the end cross going through bubble stuff was was definitely tough. That's just a hard scene. And and there's just like a lot behind it that we'll we'll obviously get to and talk about. Sure. Yeah, it's really not much to say, but just holy shit.
1: Well, I, I guess the one silver lining is that our, our lone survivor, if you will, Rosie Rosenthal is is a new face to the group. And if we have our two heroes in Buck and Bucky kind of exiting the fray, a new hero arises in Rosie Rosenthal. And he kind of showcases his ability as as an aviator and, and just his, his chops and his metal as, as a crew pilot. But yeah, so... I guess we do start off the episode with a bit of good news. Based on part four, we had lost not only Buck and DeMarco, but also Major Kid and Crosby. And per part four, I think they said no, they dropped out of formation over the IP, which usually leads us to assume bad news and they are dead. But no, we we begin the episode with blakely Kroz, and douglas dougie our boy dougie returning to (laughs) thorpe abbott and
0: yeah i mean this was as happy as it got i mean you could see yeah the level of relief when their friends notice that they're back and we have a really nice cross and bubbles moment we have kind of a It's funny in the moment when they go back to their hut and there's people there, but it's also crazy to think about. It's like, that's how quick they replace you. They had been gone for, I don't know if they say exactly, but it's, there's already somebody else sleeping in your bed type of deal. So a lot of different angles to this.
1: Yeah. And I think I will take this opportunity to say, I guess you could call it a historical inaccuracy, but I kind of want to just go through what actually happened with the real Crosby. So They did have an emergency kind of crash landing off the coast after the Bremen mission. And Crosby actually did not fly in this mission, nor did he receive the promotion that we see in this episode until November of the following month. And kind of going along with that, Bubbles actually what you know, Bubbles dies in this episode. Spoiler alert. That doesn't happen for another couple months in reality. So a little bit of a... condensing the timeline a little bit. Yes. But I also think they wanted to take this opportunity to give us the point of view of Cross in headquarters and more of that group navigator role. Where they were was actually after that crash landing, they had a... I guess it was just a rest for their damaged fort in Bournemouth. So shout out cherries, but yeah. they were not Hey, he's been doing yeah, it well dumb. in FBL. That's it. Big, big yeah. That'll actually just transferred him out. Probably should have kept him <laughs> out <of> bio. <laughs> That's we're getting too deep in the weeds here with the FBL talk. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. No. So Crosby, not only did he not receive the promotion in October, but he also was not a part of this mission. So I just kind of wanted to give that historical context here. Uh, But the narration that we get from Crosby is essentially, Bremen sucked. That was our worst worst mission ever. Well, personally, his worst mission ever. Heaviest flak he ever saw. You know, they just barely made it out. And kind of this whole scene is just him giving props to Blakely, who got him out alive. And in typical Crosby fashion refusing to accept the praise because blakely says nah dude if you weren't like if you were one degree off on your navigation we would have been doomed and he said nah but it you know it's it's one of those scenes where you you take what you can get they thought these people were dead so everybody's cheering they're having a few drinks and again going along with the episode Bucky comes into the room and says, yo, Chick Harding is looking for you. And Bubbles puts two and two together because he had just said, yo, they're looking to shake up operations. So Bubbles is going back to a crew position and our boy Crosby is moving up in the ranks and becoming the group navigator. Yeah, that that transition, that change felt ominous, felt Mm -hmm. like
0: we're setting up for this type of like. Dodge a bullet, survivor's guilt type of storyline, which obviously comes through in the end, unfortunately. And that kind of seems to be the one of, I'd say, the major themes of this episode is that level of survivor's guilt that's involved. I think it's going to be interesting moving forward. This is just a very high level take at the start of this episode. But just seeing how Rosenthal's crew and Kraus deal with the fact that they're still around while... Things very easily could have been, you know, flipped on its head. And Karaz obviously could have still been flying while bubbles could have been on the ground. You know, the letter could have been sent, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I just kind of I just had that feeling when he they kind of swap positions like that. And I was like, ah, oh, this is setting up for something yeah. not fun.
1: You know, I'm also interested in what the logistics are now that the hundredth is literally down to one fort. I mean, This mission was flown in a kind of a bare bones. You know, they only had 17 forts that flew out. I think only 13 made it. So I kind of looked at the trailer. It seemed like they were in an estate or something. So I'm not sure if we're going to get another mission. I guess what I'm saying is I'm interested in the logistics of they only have one fort. What do they do trying to kind of rearm themselves and get more forts available? What do the crew members do in the meantime when they're not kind of actively going on missions because they can't with just one singular for it. So a couple questions.
0: Yeah. It seems like they could just get absorbed almost into another squad just in the mindset of, yeah. you know, like, like you had brought up last episode. And again, seems to be one of maybe the other central theme of this episode is the commands kind of disregard almost for mm-hmm. the human beings involved and just seeing them as numbers and tail numbers, essentially things like that. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was just, hey, you know, we've got a mission in two days. You guys are now just part of this. Tough shit. Yeah,
1: for sure. And this kind of early scene, I think it framed it really well because, you know, they're all celebrating that Crosby and Blakely made it out alive. And then they see Bucky enter the room and everybody just kind of drops their voices because everybody knew that Bucky was on a weekend pass. And he's like, boys, you don't got to. You don't gotta do the math on why I'm here right now. We got another mission tomorrow. And that starts all the whispers of holy crap, we're they're making us fly out again. Just to set the context, it is October 10th, 1943. Right now, the Bremen mission was October eighth. And there was actually an a not shown mission to Marienburg that was flown on October 9th, which is southeast Germany, I believe. So okay. that was a that's far. A comparatively long mission. Yes. So that was also an exhausting mission, just kind of painting the picture of these men are exhausted even more so than they would be if they were flying one mission a week. This is the third mission in as many days. And that is a very big sticking point. These men are at their wits end.
0: Yeah. And the, the briefing scene that's right after this, I'm pretty sure it's right after this is, I mean, they're not happy. You know no. the other ones, the earlier ones. They're kind of like whoo, like they see the targets, and there's some hooting and hollering yeah. and things like that. And now it's the vibe is completely shifted. I, rightfully so, obviously, but it's it's obviously palpable.
1: Yeah, and that's for a couple reasons. One, like you just said, they're flying their third mission in as many days; they are worn out. But also, this is a little bit of a a, a psychological shift in the Americans' philosophy. They are. Targeting the city center of Munster and the 100th will be joined by the 95th and the 390th bomb groups. But again, that city center of Munster. And in the show, they said that they're targeting the industrial railroads, trying to disrupt the transportation of the Ruhr Industrial Valley, whatever. I've been reading on it. The declassified mission notes were that the target of this mission was quite literally the cathedral steps in the city of Munster at, yeah. and they were targeting noon on Sunday, which is yeah. exactly when church lets out. I actually read there was an account of one deeply religious pilot who kind of spoke up against his commanding officer and said, I I feel morally opposed to running this mission. And he was threatened with a court martial. So eventually he did fly, but you know, It seems from what I'm reading, that was something that the United States Air Force took pride in the fact that they were doing these tactical bombing raids on industrial military targets, as opposed to what the RAF were doing and what they highlighted in part two of just the indiscriminate nighttime bombings where they didn't care if they were bombing civilians. And I think they did a pretty good job of showing this from the reaction of the men. Like you said, there was a somber tone during the briefing, but. That is the reality of what this mission was, and it was it was very different than what they had been doing. It seems Crank,
0: kind of filled that role of that yep. the the very religious pilot from real life. The commanding officer in this case being Bucky, who obviously does not give a fuck. The line was, I mean, he's right when Crank says to him. With the, these people that were bombing, they didn't kill Bucky, like, or Buck, yeah. rather. Like, this is not what it's about. The other guy says, like, we didn't sign up to kill women and children. And Bucky's kind of completely adopted that RAF mindset of it's literally war. Like, this is just what it is.
1: There is a quote from the book, Masters of the Air. The real Bucky Egan was celebrating that they were finally starting to target civilians. And he said it It was the ideal mission for someone who was trying to get revenge for a friend. It's just so tough. It's such it's interesting to think
0: about, but interesting used very loosely. Like I'm, you know, there's not a shred of envy of like their position. Like, I, I don't feel that there's a, you know, an ability to judge you know, Bucky's take on that. You'd have no idea what that would feel like, you know, type of deal. It's just kind of shocking to see.
1: Well, I kind of put together that the mindset, even for the RAF probably changed after years of being at war with the Germans. They eventually just went like, we don't care who we're killing civilians, military, we're just trying to beat these guys. And when the Americans joined, I'm sure they went to it with their ideologies. Yeah, and I'm well sure said. that kind of devolved into what we're seeing here, where, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, years at war will do that to you and change your mindset.
0: Yeah. War is hell.
1: War is hell. Yeah. So Bucky is going to be the the commanding pilot for the 100th. He's going to be flying with our boy Brady. And again, like I said, this was a bare bones operation. They only had 17 forts to spare, I believe, kind of the number you're looking for, for a full combat wing or whatever, I'm I'm probably not getting the terminology right, is about is around 21. So they're about five forts short. And as we see, subsequently, four fly back for mechanical failure. So only 13 really make it across the channel to even approach Germany. I mean, this is just painting the picture of this is going to go terribly wrong. Yeah. And this was the first time
0: that I remember... Then kind of showing us the escorts, like they yep. mentioned it in the the big mission in part three, which I'm the it began with an R, which I'm misremembering. And they landed in Africa. They mentioned it. Obviously, big part of that mission was they didn't come. So that was just mm-hmm. an interesting change. And, you know, we talked about it last episode, how it was kind of nice to be on the ground. And then this episode, it was really nice to be well, nice in quotations to be in the air. It was like, you know, the heart's pumping again, like the flax yeah. coming in, all that kind of stuff. This was obviously emotionally devastating scene, but it was fucking I mean, it's just television that I'm glued to my screen.
1: Absolutely. I must admit, I was kind of craving being back in the air yeah. as well. And I also noted this. This was definitely the first time they highlighted the fighters circling. But sure enough, they noted, OK, it's going business as usual across the channel. OK, the fighters have to go back to refuel. Yeah. That's when the flax st- starts and when they get hit by waves of Germans. But perhaps I'm getting ahead of myself. So Crosby sees off the boys. We've seen this scene before. They go from briefing into the transport trucks to board their planes and like we said, we've lost a bunch of forts, so a lot of people are flying in their backup forts. And I think this episode was was kind of cool because they gave us a lot of names of the ships, and all mm-hmm. of the ships' names are like perfect, exactly what you would want a ship's name to be. She's gonna got me good. She's that gonna...
0: was <laughs> that was really that was I mean, looking back, that's was a, a nice send-off almost of their relationship. It, yeah. it just was funny. It just brought a smile to both of their, their faces. Yeah. That was a, a a good parting, as good as there can be.
1: And it does return the snow globe. Another thing to note is that Bucky insists with Major Kid that they trade their jackets, and that actually happened. And for the reason that Buck always hated the sheepskin jacket, so he did not like that style, so... Bucky wanted to honor his fallen comrade, which the show, the research that I do, always suggests that the show does a really good job of getting some of those cool details right.
0: That's good, and that something like that is, I would I would consider that like a layup. Like if they missed something like that, it would seem like an issue almost. Not that I would notice, obviously,
1: but things Somebody like would. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Similar to the kind of baseball code terminology that Bucky was using to confirm that Buck had fallen. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, all our go, it was very hectic. So, I didn't really pinpoint who was in what ship exactly. I think the most important one is that Rosie and Pappy wound up in the Royal Flush, which, as we've said, winds up being our only fort to return. There's one called All Our Go. Bucky's ship had a nice, hey, Adolf, fuck you. Your friend, yeah. Buck Clevins painted on one of the bombs. Yeah. So, you know, it's just the boys strapping up and, and getting ready to go. And sure enough, 17 forts take off to begin the mission. And we get this flash to Crosby, which is kind of just emphasizing what you were talking about with I guess the survivor's grief, but he just said, "Hey, it it, w- it became the hardest part of any mission is when they left, just the anticipation and the waiting, because no matter how well I prepared, now that I'm in this role as group navigator, once they were gone, it was out of my hands, and I just had to hope for the best and, and hope my my boys made it out."
0: Yeah, that's. Oh, I can't. I, I would be interested to hear them talk about almost like the contrast, because obviously. Krause hated flying it seemed like so it it there's obviously a difference. it's I don't know if you could pick one or the other but I mean it seemed he seemed to imply in the quote that this was actually worse than like the anticipation of getting in the plane flying waiting for the flak
1: to start all that kind of stuff so I guess you feel you just feel a higher level of responsibility yeah it's also been a common theme that everybody even when they are taken off of flight duties, they want to be up there with their comrades and with mm-hmm. their men. If if the people around you have to be suffering, you want to suffer with them. I, I guess that makes sense. But Bucky did it when he was forced into the oh, I forget what his position was, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So air exec air exec. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So. We take to the skies, and, you know, like I said, they make it pretty much across the channel, business as usual. We have fighter escorts circling, but we kind of meet up with Bucky as he comments that, okay, we're losing a fourth fort to mechanical failure. So they started out with 17, which is a low number. Now they're down to 13, which is a very low number.
0: And we've learned too that the The lessening of numbers is just they're that much more of sitting ducks. They've enforced, I think, obviously, it feels like common sense at this point, but I think the show has going to done a good job over these episodes where we're thinking this already before being shown it. Like we're kind of gaining this level of, I want to say, I guess, familiarity with their plight and their situation before they even have to show us that things are going to go wrong.
1: Yeah. And like I was kind of talking about last episode, without the fighters, I mean, the bombers are meant to be their own defense. So the less bombers you have, the less defense you're going to have. He also notes that as I've mentioned, the 95th and the 390th are the other two accompanying groups. And he also states that they are both a little bit further away than mm. they are. So the formation isn't very compact. And again, one of the things that the show has done well is that if you drop formation, you're going to be right for the picking for the German fighters. So yep. that's just more and more setting the stage that they are at low in numbers and kind of not in an ideal formation to protect themselves.
0: Yeah, just a perfect storm for a bad time.
1: Yep, so Bucky kind of sends Brady's usual co-pilot to the tail gun, and we have this <laughs> Bucky's... Bucky's in the zone, so we'll give him a pass.
0: Yeah, that's true, he is in the zone.
1: What is... Was it Dom Mazzetti who carries the water bottles, and it's yeah. just like, not now, boss, I'm in...
0: It's cheap, but yeah. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm in the fucking zone. <laughs> It's bu- I mean, it's literally Bucky right here. That's literally yeah. Bucky. That's funny.
1: We do get this nice little pre-use check, you know, bombardier, can I pull the pins? How's the oxygen looking? I do just like, I, I get a kick out of all the military garb and them just going through like the basic checks and stuff. It's, it's so complex yeah. for someone like me to try and understand, but they're just, you know, routine operations. It's cool.
0: There was, I think it was here too, maybe. Because I don't think it was when they were on the ground. I guess they did it on the ground and up here. But we we got a great shot of like slowly almost like walking through the whole plane. I feel like we got a really good idea Mm. of like scale, how like small it was in certain parts, big in other parts and things like that. That was really interesting.
1: I'll send you a link. I actually saw a really good diagram of what the positions on a B-17 are. And I've also, I haven't looked too much into it, but I have heard that people are a little bit grieving about some inaccuracies of okay. how the B-17 is being portrayed. So maybe for next episode, I'll I'll be sure to do a little bit of research on that, though I digress. So as it always does, the flack <laughs> begins to start immediately they lose two more people lauro and stymie are down so 13 becomes 11 forts remaining and they still have three minutes to the ip which doesn't seem like a lot but boy is that a lot yeah so i think they have not i think they do have a gunner named harry clanton who gets killed by the flak, and that's just another one of these shots with someone with their face blown off just just the grisly horrors of war. I yeah. can imagine trying to man your station with what is now a corpse sitting next to you. That's got to yeah. rattle you down to your core. And
0: they were just joking. I, I want to say it was the same. Like they're joking, like, "Oh, I would tell you how much I hate flak." And he says, "Not today." You know. So they talk yeah. about it all the time. And that was like a funny little. And then it was bang, and it was like, "Oh my god, okay,
1: fuck, yep. we're literally off to the races." Yep. Yeah. And you know, if you hate flak. You're going to hate when the flack slows down even more because that means the fighters are coming. And sure enough, this was I feel like the show made a point to show that this was just an absurd amount of enemy fighters that were coming at them. And the research I've done on this monster mission was there were hundreds of fighters just wave. Usually it's the fighters come in and then they peel off and they have to circle around for another attack run, but they just had wave after wave after wave after wave that would just like pierce right through the formation. Uh, First-hand accounts said that they were flying so close to to the forts that they could literally pinpoint the scarves of the enemy pilots from their cockpit, which I think the show actually purposefully had that slow-mo of a mm-hmm. fighter going by where you can really make out the pilot. They're just getting crushed here. And I, I think the show did a great job of showing it.
0: I just can't imagine. I, this this episode was obviously, so we've talked before that I am, I'm not the best flyer in general. I was legitimately yep. like feeling it in my toes, like my gut, like I was having a physical reaction Hard to this episode and it got worse as this mission went on and it was just like it's just crazy to watch and it's crazy that this is all real like this all happened like you're saying it based off of first hand accounts I just cannot imagine having to do this and go through this
1: it's absolutely insane this episode actually my roommate popped out into the room and sat down for a cool half an hour he was like "Hambo." No. Yeah. He was, he was <laughs> it's tough. really into it. Yeah. But yeah, so pretty quickly, Brady tries to give the ship to the bombardier as they're approaching the IP, but and I'm sorry, Brady is the co-pilot to Bucky if I haven't said that. So we're talking about the same plane. They lose two more engines. He can't keep this thing level. So they sound the bailout alarm, salvo the bomb, shoot the Norton bomb site. They do that song and dance with. Bucky having to leave the the wing's lead in the formation crank actually takes the lead here the remaining crew is able to successfully bail out and then we actually have this moment with Bucky and Brady who are trying to pull rank on each other brady says this is my <laughs> ship you go first bucky says i'm the senior officer you go first bullet holes go at their feet bucky says i'll be seeing you john brady <laughs> that exchange actually happened
0: that's fucking crazy. Genuinely,
1: they had an exchange like that. And I th- I think Bucky recounts the, the most beautifully spaced holes started appearing at our feet, and I told him, I'll be seeing you, John. And he <laughs> jumped. I. They did, a. I think, the best
0: job so far, again, of the experience of bailing felt so good. really intense. Ob- we had the Quinn and the baby face was... A lot very emotional, and that was like the countdown and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know what it was about this scene of them all leaving. Like, I felt like you felt the force of them like leaving and hitting the air current, flying, and like, you know, just
1: being still in the air while everything's going on. It's just, again, just compelling. I think this one happened very quickly, which kind of helped with the intensity of the scene wherein. Part three or part two, whenever they highlighted, it was kind of a more longer drawn out sequence. I thought we were going to have another baby face situation when our boy got. Oh, caught my God. By his back harness. And he's like, just freaking rip the, <laughs> the release. <laughs> he's just
0: so screaming he, his head off.
1: Yeah. You know, hopefully he made it, but at least he didn't get trapped on the ship. Yeah. But. Bucky does successfully land on the ground, and he is now stranded in Westphalia, Germany. And that's really where we leave Bucky for, assumedly, a later episode.
0: Yeah. Honestly, good luck to Westphalia, Germany with the right. uh, the zone that our boy Bucky is in right now.
1: Yeah, true that. Yeah, I so-
0: want to be them.
1: After Bucky makes it to the ground, we do return to the air where the rest of our POV for the episode is going to be coming from Rosie Rosenthal. And I, Rosie, they're just showing his metal as a pilot. Yeah, I mean, he's in the, the face of this craziness going on around you, he is telling his bombardier to hold off on dropping the bombs because he's waiting for Crank in the lead to drop um, all of his crew is just like, dude. Drop the freaking bombs. Yeah. Man. We're good. And let's get the hell out of here. He's keeping his composure. Sure enough, the lead does drop their bombs. And then we do have a successful bombs away. And you know, we've said it before, it must be the smallest of silver linings that these missions are successful and hitting yeah. the IP. And it does look like they absolutely clobbered the IP.
0: It was awesome the way. Cause they so they showed us earlier and we just talked about it earlier. we crank was having a lot of philosophical trouble it seems with this mission the timing on sunday the cathedral the residence i guess you could say all that kind of stuff and to then have you know he becomes the lead and then we have it from rosenthal and his crew's perspective of waiting for crank to drop the bombs and you know that he has to give it so we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and it's like is he really gonna do this after we just lost all these planes like is it is that actually going to be how this mission ends? And then they drop
1: and it was like, ooh, okay. Chain of command, man. Yeah, it was We've, well we've talked about it before, but very intense yeah. for sure. <laughs> but we do get bombs away. And actually, we didn't say it. The one dude took a piss in what looked like a condom, threw it out, and was just like, bombs away, boy. <laughs> they do. I mean,
0: it, there's just, at the end of the day, it is just guys in their fucking early
1: 20s just guys being dudes yeah that's really what it comes down to i guess for sure Uh, that's funny right after bombs away we do have our boy de blasio gets hit bad in the tail he's gushing blood out of his leg but he is going to survive the flak stops again which we know what that means just more hordes of fighters coming in but before the fighters come we do have the calm before the storm and rosie starts humming a song called The Chant by someone named Artie Shaw. And this is to just calm the nerves of the crew. Just reel it back in, boys. Kind of one of those things where you need a leader to be a leader. And that's just, okay, let's all focus up. Let's realign ourselves.
0: Yeah, he's a beast.
1: You need a leader. Honestly, if you don't have someone who is composed in these situations leading like what can you do that's what i was thinking
0: in the scene where bucky hops off of the jeep and trades the jacket not i wasn't a thought of a commentary on he's a bad leader for doing this but that i was just the wheels returning in my head thinking like he is still a young guy who is in this emotional place but he is still like their commanding officer. So just having to, to kind of be pretty much be forged in this crucible as a human being at the ripe tender age of, you know, I, I don't know what age he, Bucky is specifically Rosie is specifically, but you know, young twenties, maybe there are they even 20, some of them. So it's just, I mean, we know that lemons is 19. It's just, it's just unreal to think about.
1: Agreed. Uh, It's hard to wrap your head around, for sure. I I feel like we say that every episode, but (laughs) it still reigns true. Yeah. So, the fighters do come again. She's gonna... Well, excuse me, Cranks Fort, catches fire, and then it rams into She's Gonna, and they both explode. So, our lead's gone, She's Gonna is gone, which is ship, unfortunately, and we don't see any shoots, so... The fighters finally subside and Rosie's just asking, does anybody see anybody from the hundredth? And we do not see anybody <laughs> remaining from yeah. the from hundredth. Rosie is on an Island out there, which you want to talk about the anticipation is the worst part. You know, something's going to be coming for you again and you have absolutely no backup. That is balls to the wall. 10 men against an army. That shot of
0: their fort, and just seeing all the ones it like close enough to see but far enough for it to really matter was i like i just checked how much time was left in the episode and i was like oh no yep. <laughs> i was like there's way too much time left in this episode for this to go anywhere but bad
1: yep i i mean it was john snow in the battle of the Bast. <laughs> bastards just picking up that sword and
0: oh my god it works going
1: against a cavalry charge but
0: this was unbelievable flying
1: yeah i mean these forts i I don't know anything about anything in reality but these forts are depicted as these giant behemoth turtles and the fighters are just these jack rabbits zipping around from the research i'm seeing rosenthal did take similar evasive actions like is depicted in the show like he he did some piloting to get his boys out of there and it seemed like he put his gunners at advantageous positions to be able to return fire and if you don't have a defensive formation that's i guess what you gotta do
0: yeah i mean you gotta go on the offensive like it's just it was crazy when he's telling them hold on and then we get the shot of the gunners in the back and they're just holding on to stuff and yeah. they're just going sideways and we're looking through the window and it's straight down and they're just popping the guns off. And I I would have been puking everywhere.
1: It's insane. It is absolutely insane. But that's really what we see. I mean, the gunners get three confirmed kills here, but then we just flash to Thor Babbitt and we get a little bit more calm where Lemons is just playing with the British kids, teaching them about 12 o'clock, six o'clock. Yeah. and. We flash from Lemons and the Kids to Harding, Major Kid, Crosby, and another guy who I don't think has had a name drop yet, but his name is Red Bowman. He's kind of the redheaded guy. I think they've called him Red. There you go. So the four of them are just anxiously waiting for anything. And the first ominous red flag is that a fort from the 390th returns. And he gets on the horn and says, hey, pilot, do you know where you are? this is a 100th airbase, do you know where my boys landed? And he hangs up, he says, they told me they're all gone. Yeah, immediately your mind goes to just because this is the first
0: kind of mission they've shown that he helped plan at this level, and the last time we saw him is him talking about the anticipation and waiting for them to get back type of deal, and it's just like, ugh just like an absolute soul crusher. There's just no other way to describe it. It feels like.
1: Absolutely. At, and it is that survivor's guilt, which I I'm sure they're going to get into next episode, yeah. but it, you're just left to think, I don't know. You're just yeah. left to think you lose all your friends, your brothers in arms, and, and you're just left to think about what if, but that's, Kind of getting us towards the end of the episode here, (laughs) after the 390th lands, or the one plane from the 390th, we do have Rosenthal land, and he is the only fort, as I've said, that returns from the bloody hundredth from this Munster mission. He's got that thousand yard stare, I mean, he's looking over the wreckage of his ship, and I do want to say... In reality, his ship returned with two engines shot out. There was a hole from a rocket in the starboard wing, which is the right side wing for anybody keeping track. (laughs) There was also discovered to be an unexploded shell that was later found in one of the wing tanks. And they speculate this either could have been insane luck for the crew or it could have been benign sabotage of a slave laborer in a German factory that just made a dud bomb. Whoa. Which is crazy to think about that. Whoa. That's doing your part in the war effort. You are yeah. just being forced by the Nazis to make bombs. You're just... What do you even think?
0: Like, learning that information as someone on that plane.
1: Thank you, lucky stars, for someone <sighs> out there looking out for you.
0: That's just unbelievable. Holy that's shit. That. Yeah, that's yeah, really I, all I got to say. I mean, I, it's... And they're... I mean, they're watching their their crewmates this i mean rosie at this point it's rosie It's i mispronounced it last is it it's pat p with a p pappy pappy they're just kind of watching the bodies get pulled out of their plane put on the stretchers into the ambulance we have lemons who obviously wants answers he's right there and he's like okay where the fuck is everyone else type of deal and again they're just they're so strict rosie especially seems very strict with himself Yeah, he feels like you maybe could have been forgiven for breaking this procedure of getting to interrogation before saying
1: anything type of deal. And well, I'm not sure if it's so much just he's strict with his discipline or if Mm, that's like, I'm going to say what I absolutely need to say about what what the hell just happened in interrogation. But it is not my job to tell inform you of the losses. I just came back from hell. Give it a break, Lemons. But Sure enough, that takes us to interrogation. And as it's been depicted previously, it's this chaotic, bustling, everybody screaming over each yeah. other, trying to break the news. And this one's invading maiden. It was, yeah, it was uncomfortable. No record. It it was. I mean, it was an intimate thing. It was all the, the head honchos and just this one singular crew. What's left of it? No record on everything in the middle of it. Rosie just has to say. There wasn't much time for logs. It w- it was bad up there. Yeah.
0: We had the one guy whose name I I didn't catch, but he's on the way back too. He's like I'm never going up there again. I don't care. Like they can't make me. And he's I believe if I'm not mistaken is the one that blows up here at Red. And is yeah, I guy. just told you they exploded. And then he kind of walks it back and says no sir, no shoots.
1: I like that in these moments, even the higher ups allow them that emotional release. If he doubled down on it and kept yelling at him, I'm sure there would have been a reprimandation, but he gives him a look and he reels it back in and remembers yeah. his place. But it, it's
0: yeah, you just feel how empty that room is and how quiet that room is. It, it yeah. just was. It, I don't know. It's I don't know. If I'm just going to repeat myself by saying, I kind of said it at the start, it's just like the way that the episode was shot adds so much to already emotional content. It just was, it just was a good episode.
1: I would agree. Aren't they all? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, fun. and that's really it. We do have this final scene where Crosby goes to Bubble's bunk and pulls out the note that, we hadn't explicitly said it at the beginning, but Bubbles had pre-written a hey Gene, your husband Crosby is dead. Best to hear from me, but Crosby reads the note and it's 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 very well written. I I mean he starts it off by saying, You already know this, but Crosby is my best friend in the entire world. You know, it It's
0: just it must have felt so unbelievable to have that letter like how emotional is that that and i i don't i hesitate to use the word lucky because of the situation but to know that your best friend wrote that letter in the same mindset that you're currently in and to be able to have that letter and like there's no reason for him to kind of like it had been a lie type of I don't know if I'm saying these things the right way it's just I don't know that concept that idea I think really got to me and what made me very emotional watching this episode your best
1: friend just passed away and you have a written letter that is the core of his heart how he felt about you yes you kind of just it's something to hold on to,
0: yeah, it's just like um it's just unbelievable. I, I can't imagine what that felt like in that moment. He gives himself kind of the ability to feel it for maybe three heartbeats, and then he's back to the the task at hand type of deal, but it just was it was very, very, very emotional, because I mean weird. when you lose people this suddenly, you don't get that opportunity. I mean, how many people are getting that opportunity in this war like that it's just yeah. it was just wild.
1: Yeah, it's emotional stuff. I mean, we keep saying this is compelling television for more ways than one. And, you know, Crosby sheds a few tears and we have a fade to black and that is our episode. I... Did allow myself to look at the trailer. Yes, yeah, so episode. did I. <laughs> uh, Looks like we have a little bit of Bucky so on did it. I. this time in Germany, not in yeah. Belgium. So definitely behind enemy lines, and it does seem as though Rosie and Crosby might get a little bit of a reprieve from the action. It, uh, like I said in the beginning, it looked like they were at some sort of an estate. So maybe mm-hmm. they get a little bit of a leave after three straight back to back to back missions, but. I also did a little bit of a research. This was October 10th. Someone said the people that survived October 10th had no clue what was in store for them on October 14th. So (laughs) that's all I'm saying. Holy moly.
0: And I'm shocked almost that. And again, because it's not it's not a story being told. It's history that's been recorded. It's just that. We were excited about the Quinn and Bailey storyline and being on the ground type of deal. And we just have more of it now. So we'll just see. I'm just interested. This is to say, I'm interested to see how the next episodes break down, like how much time is given to each of story these storylines. Line. Because we know at this point we've got potentially four.
1: You know, still going to be in the air. I, think we're going to get buck in the Stalag. we're going to have bucky on the ground in germany and yeah bailey and quinn making their way back to england so we have Kra. i mean i don't know if you're counting cross and rosie as in the air but i mean that's true
0: that as yeah it's just we'll see it we'll see we got what we got six seven eight or is there gonna be nine
1: i think it's eight Okay. I could be wrong, but I think it's eight. I don't All know right. this. This show is already involved into something very different than mm-hmm. what it was at the start, and I'm still interested and intrigued with wh- with where they're going to take it. But
0: yeah, I'm really excited to for this like psychological exploration of Kraz and and Rosie. I'm just for interested sure. I, in
1: yeah. There are only two left standing, <laughs> which is yep. which is crazy to think about. But I don't know. You got any late hitters or? Shall we call it an episode?
0: No, I think that's the ball game. On episode 5 at least. It's just good, man. I'll say it a million times if I've said it once. It's just fucking great. I really like it. Every it time I click, I click play, I'm like, "Okay, this is about to be 50 minutes of just exhilaration."
1: Yeah, and I will say kudos to Apple TV. They are becoming if HBO is still number one or Max, sorry, Max is still number one. Apple TV is right there. Or two for me, yeah. Catching their tails. And Netflix yeah. is a basement dweller because <laughs> they're the worst. And when yeah. you see a trailer for something, Netflix, you're like, that is a Netflix production and it looks like crap.
0: And, and again, I'm just a week to week type of guy. So Same. I'll enjoy that we get one of these a week. If it was just pushed out all at once, I don't know. For me personally, I'm just more of a fan of this. And I think I saw something that it was the the highest or like the best performing original series for Apple
1: ever. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, they had the brand recognition already with Band of Brothers and the Pacific. People loved those shows. I'm sure they got a lot of people to subscribe just for this show. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter and I like totally liked it to save it
0: for myself and then like a dope just didn't think to have it up or anything but i'm pretty sure it's something like that it's like their best performing or most successful original
1: i don't always peruse apple tv but this is the first time i've seen anything in their number one slot other than ted lasso so it Mm, seems like this is definitely like you said performing very well for
0: that and ted lasso probably was more of a build-up not like oh, an instant happening. smash type of deal. So yeah, same thing with Severance. Severance is popular kind of now afterwards, things like that. So Blackbird was fantastic as well. So if you want to keep going on Apple TV.
1: Was that Taron Yes. Edgerton? Yeah, Eggsy.
0: Okay.
1: Exit. Yeah. Yeah. Eggsy. yeah.
0: That was he a has, fantastic show.
1: He has a Tetris movie mm-hmm. out too. I would like to watch that. Yeah. Just another thing I haven't seen. Add it yeah. to the list, baby. All right. That's all I got, yeah. And that's all we got. Yeah. As <laughs> always, if you like what you heard, give Benchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on binchtowntv.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Benchtown TV, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.